Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Phillies Today right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Francisco Rojas. And as we're trying to, it's the hot stove season. The Phillies aren't doing a whole lot. They have kind of stated They aren't going to do a whole lot, but I have some sound for you from the MLB insider, John Heyman. He has some inside information that the Phillies still may be in on the Japanese superstar pitcher, Yoshinibu Yamamoto. We're going to get to that in a minute, so you guys know how it goes. We're going to get to this Yamamoto stuff. Going to get to what to expect from a certain player in 2024. Not going to tell you that player right now. You'll have to wait and find out. Then we'll get to around MLB. Have to update you on some more uh, things from the Otani deal. Dodgers possibly trying to do everything and try to really win. Uh, And then we'll get to a little this day in Philly's history. uh, As there is one thing I want to pick out from this day in Philly's history. so, So we'll get to that. But like I said before. News from Major League Baseball yesterday. John Heyman reports that the Phillies are still in on Yoshinibu Yamamoto. And he mentioned a few other teams, but let's hear the sound first. This is John Heyman on uh, Yoshinibu Yamamoto and the latest update. Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Phillies. Those are the other three teams I've heard. So those three would join the Dodgers, Giants, Mets, and Yankees. Seven teams to choose from. Could be one or two others. I have not heard the Cubs lately or the Cardinals. You know, I could say it's getting too rich, but I think the fact that he hasn't really talked money with anybody may suggest that he is really just looking for one of the coastal teams. Uh, We shall see on that. So, yeah, John saying that the Phillies are actually in on Yoshinibu Yamamoto still. It's the, you heard it there, the Sox, the Blue Jays, the Phillies, as well as the the Dodgers and the Yankees being the two big teams that are probably the favorites for Yoshinibu Yamamoto. They'd be the two I expect the most, but you never know. This day in Philly's history, we'll get to, I mean, I'll just tell you now, Cliff Lee, remember that? Seemed like the Yan- he wasn't going to come back. The Yankees gave him a larger offer, and he still went to the Phils. I know a different story because Lee went, but you get it. At the end of the day, you just never know. Different story, but you never know. But I wanted to play you something also from John Heyman. And this was him about, this was December 5th, so a little over a week ago. 
saying that Yoshinibu Yamamoto might be even worth more than what we initially initially thought. He might be getting a bigger contract. Here's him a few weeks ago. Well, I'm now hearing that Yamamoto could get $300 million. I mean, that is something to behold. A free agent starter usually does not go there. Garrett Cole got $324 million. That is a record. Um, we've seen other guys get $200 million. Obviously, Strasburg got two forty-five. dollars uh, That didn't exactly work out. But Cole has. He's a Cy Young winner. We will see if Snell gets $200 million, but it does feel like at this point that Yamamoto is so popular, every big market team, the Phillies who don't really even need a pitcher, are looking at Yamamoto. The Mets are hopeful on Yamamoto. The Giants certainly are hopeful on Yamamoto. Not sure if he does have a West Coast bias. We hear about the East Coast bias all the time. Not sure if he has a West Coast bias, but you hear that rumor. Dodgers are right on him as well. I don't expect one team to get both Yamamoto and Otani, but Dodgers could do it, at least financially speaking. And yeah, so Heyman basically says that Yamamoto actually might be getting a $300 million contract. And you know what? With the way the Dodgers are going, the way the Yankees are probably trying going to try to spend, you got the evil empire of the American League and usually the Major League Baseball, but now you got the evil empire out there in the National League as the Dodgers potentially be getting a Tyler Glass now too. But this guy could be getting a $300 million contract. And I get it. You know, a lot of these Japanese players come over, they're pretty good. So maybe he would be worth the $300 million. So I ask you Phillies fans, as the Phillies are apparently still one of the top suitors here, would you give Yoshinibu Yamamoto $300 million? And I'm going to tell you, yes, depending on John Middleton's budget. If he is willing to go out there and get somebody like Yoshinibu Yamamoto to shore up this rotation, he's 25 years old. He is, you know, entering the prime of his career, probably in the next couple of years, the beginning of it. And he's been nasty in Japan. And, you know, a lot of these guys, like we've talked about, you Darvish, Daisuke Matsuzaka, Otani. A lot of these guys come over and they prove that they're Major League Baseball ready right away. Excuse me, right away. So I'd be all in on it. This guy has won what? Won a gazillion awards over there. Has won like the Cy Young and MVP like multiple times. I'm in on it. This guy looks nasty from the from the, what I've seen uh, on YouTube, what I've seen on Twitter. This guy looks disgusting. I'm all in on Yoshinibu Yamamoto potentially coming here in 2024 for the Phils for this rotation. So yes, depending on Middleton's budget, if that's what he wants to do with his $300 million, go right ahead because I'm all about shoring up this rotation because I don't know how much I trust Aaron Nola. Christopher Sanchez is somebody who doesn't even have 30 starts to his name, I believe, or somewhere around there. You get it. it. The guy doesn't have a lot of experience. Ranger Suarez coming off a bit of a shaky year, but you know injuries, so okay. So I, you can say what you want about Ranger, but like, at the end of the day, I, I mean, that three-headed monster potentially with Wheeler, Nola, Yamamoto, and if Nola you know, pitches that contract, I mean, my God, my God. So I'm all in on Yamamoto coming to the Phils. But let's just say they don't. Let's say they don't, and Middleton says, I don't want to spend all this money on that. I want to use this money a different way. You know what? I wouldn't be totally, totally mad because on the other, on the other end, you don't. You add another bullpen piece, and then maybe you can make a trade at the trade deadline, right? You, you still have a good. Ro- I feel like you still have a solid to good rotation with Wheeler, Nola, Sanchez, Ranger, and 
potentially Tom Walker, probably. So I see like they still would have a, a, a good rotation potentially. And then you make it maybe make a trade at the deadline. And so and you do have pieces, you have young pieces to potentially try to get somebody at the deadline. But I would rather if Middleton's willing to spend this money, I'm about it. What say you out there? At Rojas underscore media underscore on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. Yes, are you willing to give Yamamoto $300 million? Or no, it's not worth it. I don't care what Middleton wants to do with his money. It's not worth it. Uh, Use that money elsewhere. Let me know out there. But Yoshinibu Yamamoto. I'm in on only depending on John Middleton's budget. But the guy's proven. Trey Turner, $300 million. Schwarber, however much. Castellanos, $100 plus million, right? Harper, three thirty. <laughs> I give him an extension. I'm not, I don't love that, but you get the point. Just gave Noel 172 mil. JT Romuto, biggest contract in catcher's history, right? Major League Baseball history for a catcher. So I'm in on Yamamoto. That's it. Let me know on Twitter, at Rojas underscore media underscore. What to expect from a certain Phil in 2024? Let's transition. Last episode, I gave you Ranger Suarez. I indirectly gave you Trey Turner. We talked about what to expect from Trey Turner in 2024 a few weeks ago, or about a week and a half ago now. It might have been two episodes ago, so it was like a week ago, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Trey Turner, um, we talked about that a few episodes ago, and... You know, I told you what to expect from him in 2024, and that gave me the idea to let's let's try to do a player at least every other episode heading into pitchers and catchers in spring training in 2024. So let's do Alec Bohm today. Pick the random name out of the hat. Alec Bohm. So Alec Bohm in 2023. Let, let's be honest. Like, I was impressed with Alec Bohm in 2023. Was I... Over the moon impress? No. This guy was a top prospect for the Phils. Comes out in 2020, and albeit shortened season, but you know gives you a batting average towards 340, and gives you an on base plus slugging percentage, you know almost 40 percent above Major League Baseball's average. So he was a you know a good player coming into that you know quote unquote rookie season for the Phils in 2020. But the last couple of years, since then, 2021, 2022, it was hard to get a gauge on Alec Bohm because he was so inconsistent. He was so inconsistent in 2022, was still inconsistent. His on-base plus slugging percentage was okay. It was 713. That's right around what the rest of the league was average-wise. And he gave you 13 home runs, you know, 24 doubles. He was a decent hitter. He was decent, but... You wanted him to make contact, and he was a horrible uh, defensive third baseman. Not, maybe he's not as bad as he was in 2021, but regardless, he was still bad. He was still bad. Actually, it was worse in 2022, I think. So, Alec Bohm, though, looking at his 2023, fast forward to that, he improved in almost every category, and including fielding. If you look at his outs above average, he was one out above average, and that was literally... 10 outs above average, better than it was the year before. And same with defensive run save, depending on which metric you use. And even the eye test was even was was great there too. So you got you got both sides with Alec Bohm from the fielding standpoint. And then hitting wise, which we was we really expect from Alec Bohm to develop. He 
gave you 150 plus hits in 145 games, 20 homers. 20 homers is the big one. 31 doubles. You know the slugging percentage improves about almost 40 points at 437. The OPS at 765. That was a little better uh, than above league average for his on base plus slugging percentage and total bases. 11 more better than the year prior in seven less games. So Alec Bohm was overall much improved offensively. And the 20 home runs thing is a big deal for me with the 31 doubles because the one thing we wanted to see Alec Bohm improve upon was power. And he did that in 2024. So what do we expect in 2024 from Alec Bohm? To me, I think... I wouldn't be mad at more of the same. I would be. I, I'd be satisfied with a little bit better. You gave. You give us twenty home runs. Give me twenty-two to twenty-three homers. Give me thirty-five to thirty-eight doubles. Give me an OPS, you know, somewhere fifteen to eighteen to twenty percent above league average. Give me that, and that's a that's a good offensive season. He had a solid offensive season last year, and you could even say it was it was. A little better than solid, almost good. So, I think in 2024, it's I'm cool with more of the same. And you know, improve a little bit defensively, improve a little bit from the plate. Still have a stacked offensive lineup. It would be great if you can give us 25 to 30 home runs and give us an OBP of almost you know towards 350 or something like that, and really take a big leap, uh, like your counterpart and uh, young counterpart and Bryson Stott was able to do. And you know, Bryson Stott taking a big leap was was great as well. But it would be great if Boehm could take a leap offensively. But the way the offense is uh, constructed with you know Harp, hopefully for a full season, Casty, Schwarbs, Turner, um, Stott, Marsh, hopefully maybe an everyday fielder this year, still have a great lineup. JT still have a great lineup. So I'm not putting so so much pressure on Boehm. I just maybe at least more of the same, at the very least more of the same, but a little better. Maybe you cut down on the grounded into double play. Uh, hit balls. He led, I think, the National League in grounded into double plays with 23. And then the last thing I would say is hopefully he could be a little better, more consistent in the postseason. He had his moments. You look at some of the numbers throughout the playoffs last year. He had his moments. But he was really bad in the NLDS. Like he, I mean, he was awful. I remember he was absolutely terrible. So, if you look at postseason numbers, I just would ask him to be a tiny bit more consistent. And that's like the last bullet point here is just be a little bit better in the postseason. But again, want to know from you out there what do you expect from Alec Bohm in 2024? Do you expect him? To take a leap, maybe like Bryson Stott did from year one to year two. This would be, what, year three, four to five? You know, we, we've waited a little bit here for Bohm. We have been on him from the jump, but um, Alec Bohm had, did improve from 2022 to 2023. He took uh, a nice, tiny little leap offensively and defensively. As a baseball player, he took a leap, so... Satisfied with what he did in 2023, but in 2024, expect more of the same, just a little bit better. Maybe just improve those numbers just a little bit, and I'll be satisfied with that. But let's say you out there, Twitter, at Rojas underscore media underscore, let me know. Around Major League Baseball, so more updates on the Otani deal now. And I I find this very interesting. 
So this is according to uh, AP Sports. Uh, I saw Talking Baseball tweet this out. So Shohei Otani can opt out of his $700 million contract if controlling owner Mark Walter or president of baseball operations Andrew Friedman lose their roles with the Dodgers. So, no matter how they do it, whether they leave, they get fired, whether they resign, whatever it may be, if they're not no longer with the team, Otani can decide he wants to opt out. This is There's so many caveats, so many different things that we hear about this contract every single freaking day. And this is just another new one. I want to know your thoughts on this. I don't, it's very interesting. You know, I guess for the, for the GM here, for President of Baseball Operations, Andrew Friedman, this is just a great thing for him because it's like, oh, you want to fire me? We're not doing well? Well, you know, you might lose Shohei Otani. So that's the way I see this. But I want to know your perspective on that. So Otani, just another weird caveat to the deal. Tyler Glass now. There were rumors that the Dodgers could be trading for Tyler Glass now. And, you know, the Dodgers had some pitching issues last year with injuries and whatnot. And now the way this Otani deal is structured, hey, Otani said, I want my deal structured this way to where I'm only making $2 million a year. We'll defer it all the way down to six eighty afterwards so you can get people like Tyler Glass. Now, this is a trade, but still, at the same time, you get it. So the Dodgers discussing a trade in which they'd get Tyler Glass now and Manuel Margot for Ryan Pepio and Johnny DeLuca. So the Dodgers just trying to make moves left and right. Apparently they're one of the favorites for Yamamoto. Truly, truly interesting. This is truly going to be a memorable offseason. That's all I can say on that. So Tyler Glass now could potentially go to the L.A. Dodgers and Look out for some news on that today. And then Yoshinibu Yamamoto. Uh, and I already kind of mentioned this. We talked about it in for the first 10 minutes. Sounds like the uh, Dodgers are the favorites. But as John Heyman said, the Phillies are also the favorite, favorites along with the Boston Red Sox and the Toronto Blue Jays and as well as the New York Yankees are really the probably the second right after the uh, L.A. Dodgers. But my gut says, I don't even know what my gut says. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I didn't really say this because we. I just wanted to know from you guys what how you would feel about Yamamoto coming to the Phillies and does he make sense to make pay $300 million. Who do you think the favorites are? Because I, I my gut says, I don't know, the Mets are probably in too just because of the Sanga thing, but I don't know. I think my gut says the Yankees actually. I think the Dodgers are second, but I think the Yankees, they want Yamamoto and I think they'll get him. But I wouldn't be surprised with the Dodgers. I wouldn't be surprised with the Mets. Like, those top three to me. But, like Heyman said, with the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Phils as well. So that's around MLB. This day in Philly's history. Interesting one here. Um, show, uh, excuse me. 2010, this day in Philly's history. The Phillies signed pitcher Cliff Lee, who they traded for in July of 2009, then traded away in December of 2009. Lee signed for five years, $120 million, turning down a longer deal from the New York Yankees. And all I can say about this is, like, it's one of the the great trades. And I know the Phils didn't do anything in 2011 as far as, you know, postseason-wise. They still set the record for franchise wins in 2011. But still, 
significant trade in Philly's history because the one thing we'll be able to always hold on to in 2011 was that Philly's team, you know, along with the record setting, what, 102 wins, I believe it was? 102 and 60, right? You could argue they had one of the best rotations of all time. And the Phillies don't have that without acquiring Cliff Lee back, you know, in December, on December 14th of 2010 to come back to the Phillies and complete that incredible rotation that was Roy Halladay, Cliff Lee, Cole Hamels, Roy Oswalt, supposed to be Joe Blanton, but ended up being Vance Worley for a good chunk of the season, and he had a stellar year, and that rotation is an all-timer, and they couldn't have done that without Cliff Lee. In 2011, you know, Cliff went with a uh, you know, 17-8, 240 ERA, um, led the league in shutouts with six, 232 innings, 238 strikeouts, 260 FIP, uh, finished third in Cy Young voting, 15th in MVP voting, made his third All-Star appearance. So the Phils couldn't have done that without Cliff. Phil ended, or excuse me, Cliff ended his career with the Fightins in 2014. But I thought it was a significant trade, especially because he turned out money from the Yankees. Of course, because he turned out money from the Bronx Bombers. That made it even sweeter, and that made it even more of a personal connection that Cliff wanted to come to Philadelphia and took less money. I think it was a longer deal with the Yankees, but he took less money. At the end of the day, that's how I see it. We He took less money to be with the Philadelphia Phillies, and I, I know we all remember the Cardinals Game 5, 2011 LDS, and that's what we remember the most. I get it. But the one thing we'll be able to hold on to, two things we'll be able to hold on to that year were the 102 wins, the franchise record, and having the, one of the best rotations of all time. They're at least in the top three, definitely not top five. And they couldn't have done that without signing Cliff Lee in 2010, heading into the 2011 season. This day in Philly's history, the big one, Cliff Lee. I didn't. I only really wanted to touch on Cliff because that was the big one that really stuck out to me, especially uh, the connection for me at that time as a 14-year-old when I got Cliff and you were so excited about that rotation. So that's going to do it for today. This, uh, for, excuse me, for Phillies Today, Sports Radio 94 WIP, a Phillies 24-7 podcast. Make sure that you're subscribed on Apple. Make sure that you're subscribed on Spotify, wherever. I think it's only uh, those two platforms right there, but I'm sure you at least have one of those two platforms that you're listening on. So, Whichever you're subscribed to, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you listen to every episode, whether it's me, Justin Morgenstein, or Ben Kenny, uh, all doing the daily work here for Phillies 24-7. So that's going to do it for me, Francisco Rojas, here on December 14th, and I'll talk to you guys soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 